And our guest speaker this morning is Dr. Ken Hutcherson, who's uh, pastor of Antioch Bible Church up in Seattle. It's kind of interesting, a pastor named Ken and a church named Antioch. I think there's something going there. Um, but Dr. Ken Hutcherson uh, is an ex-football player, played for the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Chargers, started Antioch Bible Church up near um, Seattle, and is known uh, in his books, in his radio broadcasts, and his preaching as being someone who has an incredibly high view of Scripture, the Word of God, and is just a real strong expository teacher. Now, with guest speakers, what I usually like to do is brag on their accomplishments. Um, he's, you know, if he's gracious enough, what I want to do is brag on the fact that Ken is here right now. Um, Ken just finished a round of chemo four weeks ago. Um, he's been battling uh, a form of bone cancer for quite some time. Um, and he's not coming here for a huge honorarium. He's basically coming here because he loves the church. He loves scripture and, and he values friendships and is willing to do some favors. Um, so it's really an honor that Dr. Hutchison is with us this morning. And I just uh, would hope and I would pray that you guys would give him a warm Antioch welcome. Um, Dr. Ken Hutchison. Good morning. My, my, my. That was kind of bendish. <laughs> Let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's a lot better. I really appreciate the opportunity, and I'm humbled to be with you guys. But Antioch North, as I talked about both churches, I'm going to go Antioch North is the one up by Seattle and Redmond, and Antioch North here in Bend, Antioch South. And uh, first thing I'd like to do is thank you for allowing me to speak with a flesh-colored mic. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who's flesh. <laughs> I want to uh, pray, get me out of the way, and let's see what God has to say today. Amen? Amen? Father, thank you so much for being our God, and thank you for the opportunity that we have to open your word. Thank you for the blessing of allowing us to see another day. Thank you for your son, Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blessing of controlling me by your spirit today, that you may say and do whatever to whomever. For those of us who need conviction, Lord, I pray you will convict us. And for those of us who need comfort, I pray you will comfort us. We thank you for the glorious blessing of your word. Help us see it. Understand it, love it, obey it. In Jesus' name, we all say, praise God. At Antioch North, we say, praise God at the end of our prayer. So if anyone says, amen, we know they're visiting. <laughs> I heard that amen. Visit the packet. 
There's so many things that we are alike at Antioch North and Antioch South here. One, of course, is our name. Two, as Ken said, both pastors start with Ken. People don't show up until after 15 minutes after the service starts. <laughs> we meet in a school. We're 26 years old and we still meet in a school because we are committed to no debt as a church. And uh, we are so much alike. So I know you may get confused, and if you're visiting today, you may be a little confused about this guy from Antioch, this guy that's named Ken, this guy that meets in a school, this guy that's bald-headed. So you may be a little confused, but that's really one easy way to tell us apart. The Ken on Antioch South don't have any bling. <laughs> he, uh, we're going to spend the majority of our time today in Acts chapter 13. I want to talk to you about the heritage that you have. In the Old Testament, names meant so much. Names meant a great deal, and it usually meant what that person was like, what God expected out of that person, what that person was going to grow up to do. And today, we've lost that in America. We've lost that willingness to watch out what we name our kids. Like my youngest child, we call Beelzebub. He's living up to his name. <laughs> no. It is in this name that you have, Antioch, that is so important for you to recognize your biblical inheritance and what it means. In Antioch North, we, we have an, an acrostic for Antioch. It's very important for all of our people to understand and to know that acrostic. It's important for everyone to understand and know what is the purpose of Antioch Church. When I say a term like Antioch is the way to do church, Antioch is not a way to do church. Did you hear that? Um, I can't see you, so you're going to have to say something when you move your head. But I'm used when there's a lot of light, I'm used to a predominantly white church and how you say amen. See, in a black church, amen. Preach it, brother, preach it. Getting close. Picking on me. <laughs> in a predominantly white church, oh, amen is a silent. That's the way you say amen right here. That's a praise the Lord right there. <laughs> so, since it's kind of dark in here, I can't see your amen. So you got to speak up a little bit. Antioch, A, all members ministering. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. N of Antioch, New Testament model. Acts 13, where we're going to spend the majority of our time today. The T. Teaching the Word of God, 
First and Second Timothy. The I intercession, all of the Pauline letters, how I pray for you, how I remember you, how I seek after your growth in the Lord Jesus Christ. The O outreach, Romans chapter ten. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel. The gospel a lot more than just Jesus Christ dying on the cross and resurrection. Jesus Christ in the book of Matthew preached the gospel. He wasn't dead yet. Can I get an amen? amen. He wasn't crucified yet. Amen. He wasn't resurrected yet. So when we talk about the gospel, there's a lot more concerning what the gospel is than just the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ because he preached the gospel. Woo! Are you getting excited yet? <laughs> the C, cross-cultural ministry, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Cross-cultural ministry. Wish we had time to go through all the acrostics, but we don't. It's an amazing teaching time. H, healthy worship, John chapter 4. If you're going to worship God, it isn't the tune that you're playing. If you're going to worship God, it's not the hymn that you sing and that you like. If you're going to worship God, it's not what the atmosphere is. If you're going to worship God, John chapter 4 says you must worship him in spirit and in truth. We've had time to talk about that. But we're going to spend time today on the end. The end, the New Testament model. What is the New Testament model? The average person today don't know what the New Testament model is. The average church today don't know what the New Testament model is. Most of us think that we can just do what we want to do when it comes to church and call it church and God's satisfied with it. Uh, that isn't correct. This is a New Testament church, Antioch South. Antioch North is a New Testament church. What does that mean? There are certain things you can and can't do if you want to please God. Can I have an amen? I, I should have brought my sign. So what is the New Testament model? Is the New Testament model out of Acts 13 through 28? Is the New Testament model what we have a move in Acts 29? It's great to have Acts 29, but there's no Acts 29 in the Bible. Is it the emerging church? Is it the Generation X church? Is it the old-fashioned, everyday walk of church that we've seen traditionally over the years? It is what the Bible says the New Testament church is. And the first example comes out of Acts 13. Would you please turn that with me if you have your Bibles? If you don't have your Bible, shame on you, because I can tell you anything. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me show you right here. Acts 13, beginning with verse 1. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch a pastor who wanted you to give him all kinds of money. <laughs> Did y'all guys uh, read that with me? <laughs> no way in there doesn't say that, but boy, I'm going to tell you, we are, we are good at pulling out a scripture that's not there. And what you need to do is make sure you got your book. Make sure that what's being preached is what's in the book. You can't go wrong that way. you always be satisfying God. 
There's a pastor at Antioch, won't you give him lots of money? That's funny right there. <laughs> we have books out front. Thank you. Uh, if you want to pick up a copy, it'd be great. Uh, all the proceeds of my book goes to the United Negro College Fund. My children. <laughs> Some of y'all to get it on the way home. <laughs> well, if I'm going to be full disclosure, I guess I should be full disclosure, it really goes to the United Half Negro College Fund. My wife is blonde, blue-eyed, German girl. I got four German chocolate kids, beautiful. A <laughs> couple of them will be here, and we are so happy they took out the mom. Verse 1, are you ready? To disbark upon and to, I should say, embark because too many churches are debarking. So we're going to embark upon this teaching of what the Word of God says about who we are at Antioch in the end, the New Testament model. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, who was called, now here we go, slow it down. Watch that word. Now, in white churches, they divide the syllables of the next word between the I and the G. Niger. Simeon the Niger. Can I get an amen? <laughs> because you don't want to divide the syllables between the G and the E. Some of you get that on the way home. <laughs> and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, some people like to call it Serene. Uh, you can call it whatever you like. I choose to say it correctly. <laughs> and that was Manan, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work unto which I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Spirit, departed unto Seleucia, and from there they called to uh, sail to Cy Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John as their helper. Very important to understand John as their helper. John Mark was in Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, the nephew of Barnabas. And if you don't understand that connection, it's going to be real difficult for you to understand the leadership that was in the New Testament church that was supposed to be sent all over the world from Antioch of Syria and this is the church of the New Testament church, how the church should be done. And God had a very serious problem with the rest of, of the community because when Paul, after his third missionary journey, came back and was going to Jerusalem when he was warned not to go, dropped off the leadership at the church of Ephesus to continue on with the Acts 13 to 28 model of the New Testament church and how we're supposed to do church. And they failed miserably because they held on to the homogeneous view of church. Anyone in here know what homogeneous view means? 
same. Everyone was the same. Now, that, and just a question for me to throw out at you. Is that okay for me to throw something at you? Okay, why is it that in all black churches, if they're going to go out and get the best pastor, that the best pastor always look like them? Thank you very much. <laughs> why is that? The best pastor in an all-black church searching for a pastor always end up being all-black just like them. What about all-white church? Same thing. Why is it that the best pastor, that if you go out to get the best pastor, always look like you? A Hispanic church or a Chinese church or any other church of any other kind is all the same. There's nowhere in Scripture that the New Testament church is supposed to be satisfied with everyone looking alike, everyone liking the same music, everyone liking the same worship, everyone liking this and that, everyone liking that. That is not the New Testament church. <laughs> Caucasian soul sister. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed what God has done with me with cancer. It's one of the best things that ever happened to me. I never would have chosen it for myself. But as cancer is my discipler, is my pastor. And God through has proven to me that there's nothing in the world that can happen to you that isn't pleasing to God that is going to make you like Christ. And if anything is going to make you like Christ, can any of us in here say it's bad? Our biggest problem is we got to start thinking the way God thinks. And God is not concerned with your comfort as much as he's concerned about your character. And he is not going to run around being concerned about your happiness if he can make you holy. And what we see here is not the beginning of the movement of the church today. That is new. I think the number one movement we need to see today is to go back and do the original that Ephesus fell very short of doing when Paul dropped it off to the elders of the Ephesus church coming back to Jerusalem to make sure that the New Testament church is this way, not homogeneous anymore, but out and for all to fill at home, for all to see themselves for all to understand that we're going to be like this in heaven. When we get to heaven, it's not going to be a white section. When we get to heaven, it's not going to be a black section. When we get to heaven, it's not going to be any sections. If we're going to be all together worshiping God. So why do we have to wait till we get to heaven for that to happen? We have to get sensitive to those that are not like us. And we have to make sure that they are more important than we are. Can I walk with you a little bit through this? <laughs> now, there were in the church that was at Antioch. We're talking about Antioch in Syria, not Antioch South, not Antioch North. It is the basis of what God says he wants his church to be. Why, why did this church start? Look with me to Acts chapter 11. See it? Acts chapter 11. Real close to Acts chapter 13 if you turn left. If you go to the right, you're going to be going for a while. Verse 19. Now, they were 
scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen's death back over in chapter 8 by Paul. Travel as far as Valencia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto Jews only. When the church got persecuted in Jerusalem, all of a sudden they started having to run. And the church spread. God made sure that the church spread because that was his command and the church was not listening. It wanted to stay in Jerusalem. So God allowed some persecution, which ended up being good, not bad. Can that anything happen that's bad to a believer if it makes you like Christ? So as the church is spreading because of persecution, they leave with an idea of the church that God says it shouldn't be that way anymore, and that is it shouldn't be homogeneous. And the only people they're preaching to is other Jews, not the call of God. Is it okay as a church not to do things according to the way God said you ought to do them? Hmm. Make you want to go. Let's try that one again. Make you want to go. Hmm. Antioch. Whoa, baby. Verse 20, and some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene. Huh. And some of them that came to Antioch was from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they were come to Antioch, spoken to the Greeks, preaching the Lord Jesus. All of a sudden, God is bringing in a whole new movement through his Holy Spirit, and it wouldn't happen in Jerusalem, so he allowed some persecution for the church to be pushed out, and by the time they made it to Antioch, there is Jews, there is Gentiles, there is blacks, there is whites, there is antagonists, there is those who love, those are encouragers, Wow, what would a church be if we had all of those intertwined, ministering together so the world can see that there's a big difference between us and them? Hmm, just a thought. <laughs> Verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. That's why the Antioch church began. Why did the church here at Antioch South begin? What was the purpose of Antioch South? What do you want to accomplish in this neighborhood? Where do you want to go with God in this neighborhood? What is your purpose in this neighborhood? Is it to reflect what you think is right, or is it to reflect what you think God says is right? You see, I got some great ideas about what church should be. I got some great ideas of what I want it to be. I got some great ideas that I want to bring glory to me. I am extremely selfish. Can I get an amen from somebody? And don't get haughty. So are you. That's why we have to have the Holy Spirit in us. Because if we don't, we can get caught up in us. We can get caught up in how well we think we're doing things. Well, I see I need to move on because even though it's dark, I don't feel the vibes of the heads moving. 
And at the church at Antioch that started because of persecution, the Antioch in Syria, certain prophets and teachers, whoa, wow, 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 ski. Let's talk about this one. Are these people that you see that's going to be listed of prophets and teachers, could you call them leaders in the church? Could you call them leaders in the church of Antioch? Yes. Absolutely. You're okay. <laughs> Just keep being loud. These are the leaders in the church in Antioch. If you want your church to reflect the community, your staff ought to reflect the community. If you want it to be a church for all people, your staff got to be reflecting all people that you can. I got people, man, so different on my staff, and we're not just talking about color. We're talking about things they like, don't like, things they want and won't get, things that many people don't want and they are going to get. That's the church. And then you're molded to be that reflection of what God wants. Can I get? Amen. You guys are being trained well. <laughs> Who about these, what about these people? Who are these people? Talk to me, church. First of all, we run into Mr. Barnabas. Mm, mm, mm. Barnabas, my man. Turn with me. First time we hear about Barnabas really is Acts chapter 4. You turning? Acts chapter 4. Ooh, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to listen a lot faster than you used to. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. And the multitude of those that believe were of one heart, one soul, neither said any of them that any of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Man, if we, what would it be like to have a church who took care of everybody's needs? Supposed to be the New Testament model. Our goal at Antioch North is people first, program second, facilities third. That's where we stand because we think it's biblical that people are more important than programs. People are more important than a building. And what I've seen over and over again at times is I'm praise God that you guys right now are in the school. But what I've seen so much is that churches get to the point where they think that they can't minister unless they have their own building, and then they get this big mortgage, and all of a sudden, the building becomes the first priority. Not us. We're just committed to people first. And if we never have a building, fine. Because we can't take it with us when rapture comes. And that should have been yesterday. If that is true, that rapture happened yesterday, there's a lot of us in here think we're Christians. <laughs> Man, we got seven years of mm-mm coming this our way. <laughs> and with great power gave the, the apostles 
witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon all them. Neither was there any among them that lacked anything, for as many as were possessors of lands, of houses, sold and brought the price of the things that were sold. Not saying you need to do that. Most of us have extra anyway. And laid them down at the apostles' feet, and this distribution was made unto every man according to his need. And Joseph, who by the apostle was surnamed Barnabas, you mean to tell me there was a bunch of name changing going on in the New Testament church up there in Antioch? Wow. Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, the one who is the encourager, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having laid soul, had land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Somebody say amen to this man. Barnabas, up in the church at Antioch, one of the leaders who was known for his power and gifting of encouragement. You want a great church? Have somebody on staff that is a great encourager. That's what God says leadership should be. Hmm. Now, check this out. Let me look and see where else we see Barnabas. Anyone else know Barnabas has been around? How about chapter 9? Look closer to 13 so you don't have to get tired going there. Chapter 9, got it? Verse 23. And after many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. Talking about Saul. But their lying in wait was known by Saul, and they watched the gates day and night. And he slid down in a basket. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I'd rather face a crowd. <laughs> and put this big old body in a basket. <laughs> Hold on, boy! I hope Paul didn't make anybody mad that was letting that basket down. Can I have an amen? Oops! <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm a funny guy. <laughs> and you know what some people would say? I've got to keep my eye on the time. Wow. You know what some people would say? Man. <sighs> Paul, you're supposed to be trusting Christ. Why are you sneaking out? If God wants you alive, they can't kill you. You're supposed to have faith, Paul. Paul says, I'm also supposed to have wisdom. And the Holy Spirit leads us in a good balance of both. Holy Spirit is not off kilter. Holy Spirit is not going to lead you astray. Holy Spirit is not going to let the church get off kilter. If you've got good leadership that knows what the Holy Spirit is telling them. If the leadership here knows what the congregation needs and the congregation understands what God is telling you to do. People ask me all the time, Pastor, I go, yeah. Uh, do you have a gun? I go, no. I have guns. <laughs> well, don't you pray for God to protect you? I go, absolutely. I said, Lord, help me shoot straight. I got dogs. I got guard dogs. I get too many, too many threats every year not to have guard dogs. And I look for them particularly and very specifically that none of my guard dogs are Christians. <laughs> Somebody breaking my house, I want my dog to send them to Jesus. Jesus. 
I'm sorry, but sometimes. He wanted to kill Saul, verse 25. Then the disciples took him by night, led him down by the wall in the basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he tried to join himself to the disciples. But none of them said, nope, this man wanted to kill us. Don't let him in. He's an incognito. But Barnabas, verse 27, took him, brought him to the apostles, declared unto him how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly in Damascus in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen for an encourager? Can I get an amen for an encourager that's supposed to be on every New Testament church staff? Back to chapter 13. We got to run. We got to speed up. And then there was Simeon, who was called Niger, translated Simeon the Black. Why did they call him Simeon the Black? He was black. <laughs> you guys are. Should we laugh at that? I can say that. The kin down south had to be careful. <laughs> Go with me to Acts chapter 11, verse 20. You got it? Acts eleven twenty. Check it out. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, in other words, correctly pronounced Cyrene, who, when they were come to Antioch, spoken to the Greeks, preaching the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Bam! Because there was a difference in leadership. A black man from Libya. Can I get an amen? Lucius, the next brother, was also out of 1120. Was from Libya. Not only was he from Libya, but he was also, anybody want to guess? Black. <laughs> he was from Libya. Anyone know where Libya is? Africa. Been in the news quite a bit lately. Can I get a name, man? And they're from Cyrene. Can anyone tell me on the map where you will find Cyrene, Libya? Is the modern-day city Tripoli. You don't think the Bible's awesome to come back and tell you what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. And it used to be a time that America was sending missionaries to Africa. But when the new church even started, they started sending missionaries from Africa to the new church at Antioch so it was spread. And guess what's happening there now? Now the world is sending more missionaries to the United States than we're sending to the world. All because of the darkness that is here. And the darkness is not based upon non-believers. Darkness is based upon the church not being light. Don't blame dark for doing dark things. The light's supposed to be the salt. You know what salt happens when you put it in an open wound? It burns, it stings. And the world is not going to lack us, 1 John chapter 3. Read it. Just because we are the children of God. The world is not going to know us. The world is not going to like us. The world is not going to love us because we are supposed to be like Christ 
and they killed him who was perfect. So when we spend so much time trying to make the world like us, you are being ridiculous. Show love? Yes. Show understanding? Yes. Love them? Yes. Understand them? Try to. But they're not going to understand you until the Holy Spirit comes in their lives and mold them to be like Christ, like us. Not going to happen. Simeon, why is this guy so important in the church at Antioch? I'm glad you asked. I believe that this Simeon is the same Simeon or Simon because names is being changed at Antioch. He saw that at the very beginning, even with Joseph, who is now called Barnabas. Was the black man that carried Christ crossed. Oh, pastor, now you're jumping to conclusions. Okay, you can say that, but I think the scriptures back me up. Would you like to see that before we close in the service? Huh? Yeah. Then what this baby man? Damn! The best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. The best way to understand the Bible is to read it. Let me see. Matthew. Go with me to Matthew. Anybody know what book Matthew is? Hurry. Matthew 27. Woo! Matthew 27. We're going to begin with verse 27. I'm going to skip real fast. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall, gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him, began to beat him, spit upon him, all those things, down to verse 31. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him, put his own raiment on him, led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. Boom! What? You must be from Missouri. There's not enough information for you. <laughs> Simon from Cyrene. Carried the cross. Hold on, man. There could be some more Simons. I'm sure it's not one, only one black Simon from Libya. So we need a little bit more info. Turn with me to the book of Mark. Baby, baby. Sometimes the word of God gets so good I can't even preach. <laughs> Hyperventilate on the word. Check this out. Verse 21, Mark 15. When you get there, give me a praise the Lord. Oh, how about it? Oh, hallelujah. Verse 21, and they compel one Simon of Cyrene who passed by coming out of the country, who was the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear the cross of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a little question. How in the world did Mark know who the children was of the Simeon from Cyrene who carried the cross of Christ? Now, back in Acts chapter 13, verse 5, we said, that there was a young man who was the nephew of Barnabas at the church that was traveling with. Anyone remember who that was? John Mark. Anyone know who wrote the book of Mark? 
John Mark. Anyone understand that the book of Matthew was written in 50 A.D.? And the book of Mark was written in 68 A.D.? That's 18 years difference. In the book of Matthew, it says Simon did it because they didn't know who Simon was in Matthew. But after 18 years later, and the church of Antioch is going, and everyone up there knows one another. Mark knows that Simeon was the one who carried the cross, and not only knows that Simeon carried the cross, but also knew his family and told you what his son's names were. Ah. Can anyone go? This makes you go. There was all kinds of people at the church of Antioch. Man, we got an encourager that was Jewish, white. We got a, one who experienced Christ. Could you imagine if you carried the cross of Christ and got the blood on you that had been rubbed off from Christ, that it could make a difference in your life? You become a leader probably in the church. Change lives is what we want to see. Oh, my goodness. And then there was Manan. Been brought up with Herod, the Tetros. He was the foster brother, the adopted brother of the governor. In Matthew chapter 14, go real quick. Matthew chapter 14, I got to close here in 30 seconds. Sorry, Ken. Give it back over to you, brother, and the guys got to come and sing. It's going to be great. Matthew chapter 14, you got it? Verse 1, at that time, Herod, the teacher, has heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servant, this is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do he show. For Herod had laid hold of John. This is the same Herod in Acts chapter 13, whose adopted brother is a part of the church. And then we have Saul, which all of us know about Saul, who was an antagonist of the church, who killed Christians, and now he's turned around. What does the church look like at Antioch South? What does the church at Antioch South do to make sure that you are a part of the New Testament church that God has called to reach out to all? Don't make everyone look like you. Don't make everyone act like you. Don't make everyone like the music you like. Make sure that your staff reflects cultures so that when a culture walks in, they can feel at home instead of like a knot on a log. 